Um, it is the third Sunday after Epiphany, and I don't think I have any announcements unless I'm forgetting something, which is very possible, so I'm going to hand it over to our liturgist, Lisa, who's going to tell you all kinds of stuff. Good morning. We're glad you made it here safely. Um, with a few announcements in the bulletin, uh, still the bell choir. Kim is very excited and doing a wonderful job getting us started with that. So if you're interested, come join us. Um, you can check with Kim on that, and he'll give you the dates and times of when we are meeting. Um, even though we are past Christmas, there's still a lot of need. Um, so if we can do our part to help out. Uh, we have local veterans that need assistance with um, like personal care items, and those can be delivered uptown to signature sewing. Um, we're still looking for some people to help with cleaning. You don't have to do a lot. If you have 15 minutes to come in and wipe down a few tables or something, we would just really appreciate that. Um, we want to keep this church looking beautiful. Christmas past items, uh, if you have any that you want to donate for next year, the supply was kind of depleted, so we're still looking for those items. Sheila is volunteering with the Catherine Cobb Domestic Violence Shelter in Adrian, and she's looking for some help um, doing some cleaning and organizing, I think, and sorting type stuff. Um, she's not here today, but uh, when she gets back, there's a couple dates listed there that she would like some help if you're available. Um, I think I think that's all I have today for announcements. Yes. All right, thank you, Phyllis. And before we do our call to worship, we are going to hear a beautiful song from our choir today. We'll begin with our call to worship, if you'll join me, please. God says, come out. To all who are living in darkness. God says, show yourselves. To all who hunger and thirst. God gives food and springs of water. To all who are far away. God makes smooth the way home. God will not forget us. We are inscribed on the palms of God's hands. And our <clears throat> hymn, first hymn, is All Things Bright and Beautiful, number 147.
you'll join me for our opening prayer. Gracious, Gracious God, God, who clothes the lilies and feeds the birds and cares for us too, help us to seize our worrying and all our strivings. Add to our lives day by day calm trust in you until we find what we seek above all, your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our affirmation of faith. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in our example of our blessed Lord, to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. Jesus tells us that we cannot serve God and wealth as if both are our masters. A heart divided in loyalty ends up loving one master and despising the other. As we give our offerings in the church, we put our wealth at God's service, declaring by these gifts that we know the one whom we love and serve.
Abundant God, we strive for many things and worry over much. Help us to put our trust in you, knowing that you care for us in life and in death. Turning from commodities toward your kingdom, we offer these gifts for your use, seeking your righteousness first and foremost today and tomorrow and forever. In Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> we will continue with hymn number 141, Children of the Heavenly Father. may be seated. It is now our youth moment, so I'd like to invite our children and youth to come up and grab a chair, and I will be right there. How you guys doing? Are we awake? No. Not yet. Didn't have enough coffee. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're supposed to have coffee. So, yeah. So, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Nobody. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you guys don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The adults, they think they know what's going to happen tomorrow. School. School, but if somebody's right, I heard that said there's going to be a lot of snow, there might not be school. Or because we live in Michigan in the Midwest, it could be 75 and sunny tomorrow. We just don't know. And so... Do you guys ever worry about what's going to happen tomorrow? Not necessarily this tomorrow, but other tomorrows. Do you ever worry about that? No. Sometimes, maybe. You know, adults, we tend to worry a lot about what's going to come tomorrow um, for different reasons. Sometimes it's maybe because of our work or because of money or other stuff. Well, if we don't have enough, or if we don't think we're going to have enough, or... But, there's not always a lot we can do, because we don't know for sure what's going to happen. God knows what's going to happen, and that's kind of handy, because if we trust God, 
God will always be with us no matter what comes tomorrow. And in some of the, the readings later that I'm going to read to the adults, I'm going to talk with them about, God doesn't want us to worry, like over-worry about tomorrow, like obsessively worry. God doesn't want us to spend every single moment worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. It's okay for us to try and plan for stuff that's coming because there are certain things that are likely to happen. Um, but God doesn't want us to spend all our time worrying um, because when we do that, it causes us stress um, and we end up spending all our time worrying instead of doing stuff that God wants us to do, like loving our neighbors and helping people. Um, and taking care of ourselves. That's important too. God doesn't want us to... Yeah, take care of your pets. Um, so, so it's okay. We, we're going to worry. That's just how people work. Um, but God doesn't want us to do that all the time. God wants us to, to try and make the best and make the most of every day. So whether that means... I like to think about it when you walk into your classroom. I was going to say chalkboard, but you probably don't have those anymore. No. Uh, the whiteboard, for the most part, is probably clean, right? There's not a lot of writing on it yet. Might be one or two little things, but for the most part, it's clean. Every day, we get to start with a clean whiteboard. And as the day goes on, stuff comes on our whiteboard. So our day can be full of almost anything. It can be full of fun stuff. There might be some sad stuff. Or some with some money. There might be money involved. You never know. Yeah. Um, but every day we get to start with that clean whiteboard. And every day is full of possibilities and potential. So what I try to do and I hope you guys will try this, is I try to wake up every morning thinking about that, that clean whiteboard and how I can do my best to make that whiteboard be full of the best things during my day. And yeah, there are going to be some things that I don't like maybe or aren't too fun, but I trust that God's always going to be with me for those parts and God's giving us this clean whiteboard we can create whatever we want. What Lisa mentioned, it sounds like the whole uh, township office has been kind of shut down. Um, so there might be other people there who are struggling uh, with that as well. So prayers for, for her and her family and then for everyone else who um, is fighting and trying to deal with this virus. Did we have any others? Okay, if you would join me in an attitude of prayer. Gracious and holy God, you have called us to be your servants in and for the world. We pray for the world, torn as it is by conflict and divisions. We have learned war very well. Now teach us the more difficult way of peace. Give us the will to settle differences creatively and patiently. Help us to live in such a way that there is strength and gentleness and power in humility. Heal the wounds that threaten our common welfare until all your people live without violence and fear. O Lord, make us servants of your peace. You have called us to be your stewards. As stewards of creation, we give thanks for the beauty of creation in its immensity and in its intricate details. The world by your design is both resilient and fragile. Teach us to live in harmony with all your creatures and responsibly in all our habits so that whatever harm we have done we may repair and going forward we may pray for life to flourish in its many forms. In the church you have called us to be stewards of your mysteries. Make us faithful in this we pray. Do not let your church settle for easy answers, and do not let us box you in by the limits of our knowledge and imagination. 
Strengthen us to proclaim with good news and joy that we have received, but also quiet us enough to hear your mysteries proclaimed by those whose voices have been too long silenced. O Lord, make us faithful stewards of all you have entrusted to us. As you love us, so you called us to love one another. In love, then, we pray for people in need, for those who are sick and carrying heavy burdens, for those who are bent low by anguish and grief, for the one who feels a stranger in our community, for the one filled with worry over a job, a relationship, or a decision to be made. Meet each one in their need, we pray, with healing, comfort, communion, and hope. In love, we pray with those whose hearts are filled with joy, for those who enjoy the glad company of family and friends, for those celebrating an accomplishment or a new beginning, for the one who marks a birthday or an anniversary, for the one who has found healing and hope, Meet us in our happiness and hallow it by your presence. O Lord, make us faithful servants of your love. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who among lilies of the fields and birds of the air told us not to be anxious. Amen. Please join me in our prayer for illumination. O God, clothe us in your word that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we may wear the garments of faithfulness in such a way that others can see your glory, which is lovelier than the splendor of Solomon. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Our first scripture reading today is Proverbs 27, one through four in Colossians 3:12 verses 17 Do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring Let another praise you and not your own mouth a stranger and not your own lips A stone is heavy and sand is weighty but a fool's provocation is heavier than both Wrath is cruel anger is overwhelming but who is able to stand before jealousy? As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through him. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks, thanks be, be to, to God. God. Our next hymn is God Will Take Care of You, number 130 in your hymnal.
may be seated. Our last scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. This section of text is headed with the words, Do not worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or, what, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, <clears throat> if you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. God of before, God of after, and God of right now, we come to you humbled by the life we live we are surrounded by beauty in nature and in all of your creation. We are made in your image, made for love and with love. We are made for so much more than the mundane and repetitive nature we have settled into. Help us to break out of our ruts, our self-made prisons, our habits of holding on too long to the past and worrying too much about the future. Help us to be present in the here and now, always with you. And now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. God's blessings to you all and all those whom you love and hold dear. Today we are moving into our third week of our January sermon series, Life Without Timekeeping or In God's Time. This series focuses on time in regards to our perception of time, how we understand our concept of time versus God's time, how we keep and spend our time, as well as some other time-related topics and ideas. There have been quite literally mountains of facts, opinions, observations, and more written about time throughout all of human history. And these come from a variety of disciplines and academic study, including philosophy, psychology, theology, mathematics, poetry and literature, and much more. Last week, we focused on how God is patient with us, no matter how much we may try each other's patience or God's patience. We talked about how patience is a trait of God since early on, all the way to the Israelites and truthfully far earlier than that. We talked about the saying, patience is a virtue and it's debated history. And maybe most importantly, we talked about our own need to show patience with each other and ourselves, and how in doing so, that is another way to fulfill the commandment to love God and love neighbor. Now, many of you already know that I am a sports fan, mostly basketball and hockey, when you grow up in the Chicagoland area during the Bulls dynasty, it's hard to not be something of a basketball fan. But as a hockey fan, I've always been a bit sad to have not really gotten to see the majority of Wayne Gretzky's career and his scoring and passing prowess. I have been fortunate enough, however, in more recent years to see some truly amazing players 
including a handful who might get close to some of Gretzky's numbers, at least maybe a few. And that includes Washington Capitol star Alexander Ovechkin, the first round, first overall draft pick from 2004. Now, for those of you who do not follow the National Hockey League, Ovechkin was assumed from very early on that he would become a great player, just in how well he was doing at an early age. And since the beginning of his career, he has more than lived up to and beyond what anyone thought he could do or would do. There is a very good chance that Ovechkin will catch and surpass Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal scored record of 894 in a career. That's pretty impressive. That is a record that pretty much no one has thought would ever be matched, let alone broken, and it's very likely that if it happens, we will see it in the next couple years. So, okay, Ovechkin is a great hockey player. So what? He doesn't play for the Red Wings. Why should we care? Well, I want to share with you a quote from Alexander that I think is not only relevant to our focus today, but I think is also a good message in general. He was once quoted as saying during an interview, I never look forward. I live for today. And if you think about what's going to happen in a year, in two years, then you begin to plan, and plans never come true. Our first verse from the book of Proverbs reading this morning says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Sounds to me a little like uh, Ovechkin might have had something of a proverbial mindset. The challenge that comes sometimes with words like these is they can sound kind of ominous or even depressing. You shouldn't focus or brag about what you think tomorrow will bring because you don't know everything that can happen today or between now and then. And it is good advice, but it can come off almost threatening in a way, depending on how you hear it. That's why I tend to appreciate what we find in Matthew's gospel in our last reading a whole lot more. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear, but strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. That last sentiment always kind of makes me laugh a little bit. But here, Jesus is, is telling us not to worry because God takes care of us. We, we just sang the song. And he even says, can any of you by worrying at a single hour to your span of life? I got to admit, that one hits home for me really hard. I come from a long line of warriors, and I have been and sometimes continue to be one. Jesus points out how God takes care of the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, and God loves and cares about us way more than those things. So why should we worry? In a way, Jesus is really telling us that we need to live for today. Now, that is not to say that we should be unaware of the world, ignoring important things, being oblivious to happenings. Not, not at all. Jesus calls us to love our neighbors, and to do that, we might need to be looking ahead to prepare ways of doing that, as well as be aware of the past and ways to maybe avoid doing something that was meant to be loving but didn't translate that way. While it is not impossible, trying to pull together a food pantry at the very last minute is not likely to be super successful. You all know how much time Phyllis and others put into our food pantry here. Trying to slap something together in like five minutes, it's probably not going to work. It takes time to gather resources, to communicate to those who are in need of the food, and so on. 
But Jesus doesn't want us to spend our time worrying about things that are out of our control or prevent us from loving our neighbors and doing ministry. We need to live for today. And our reading from Colossians chapter 3, I believe, outlines some great ways to do just that. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We can live for today fully and authentically as beloved children of God when we choose those things, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. We can live for today when we forgive each other and don't hold grudges that take away our days. We can live for today when we choose love, when we show love, when we accept love, when we embrace love, when we live love. Because as the passage says, love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That is how we live for the now, for today, for each other, for the light, for God. Colossians also offers a few more ways to live for today. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That last one is something of a mic drop. Do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God. We can live for today when we let Christ's peace rule our hearts instead of anger or hatred or some other dark or evil feeling or influence. We can live for today when we are thankful. And that can be a hard one, especially during times when we might not feel as though we have a lot to be thankful for. That is something that everyone struggles with at some point in their lives, usually during a very low and dark period. It can require some extra work and reflection to really live into that one. And again, we can live for today when everything we do, whether in what we say or our actions, when we do it in Jesus' name and give thanks to God. Those are some powerful ways that we can live for today. And all of those fit within the commandment from Jesus to love God and love neighbor. When we choose to spend the time that we are given each day, whether it is one that we see the end of or not, but when we choose to spend our time living for today, doing those things I just talked about, that, that is when We can see the Holy Spirit working through us, bringing the good news to the world, helping to heal broken hearts and broken people. Carpe diem. It's a Latin expression that I'm sure most of you know, and it's usually translated as seize the day. And it's originally taken from the first book of the Roman poet Horace's work, Odes, from 23 BCE. I'm sure you all have a first edition on your bookshelf. Now, I remember the first time that I ever heard that phrase, carpe diem. I was watching the film Dead Poets Society, starring Robin Williams, one of his less comedic roles and much more dramatic roles. And in the film, his character is an English teacher named John Keating, who tells his students, it's an all-boys class, I think it's an all-boys school if I'm remembering right, but he tells them, carpe diem, seize the day, boys, make your lives extraordinary. That line was later voted as the 95th greatest movie quote by the American Film Institute. 
Now, in truth, there have been some arguments over the exact translation of carpe diem, just like almost every other old saying that we still use. And some, are, some call for the literal translation of carpe diem, which is pluck the day as it is ripe, or enjoy the moment. The phrase is part of a longer sentence, which is often translated as seize the day, put very little trust in tomorrow, the future. Honestly, either way, I think it still is very applicable to what we're talking about. Now, I don't want anyone to begin to associate all of this with a more recent expression and fad known as YOLO, or you only live once, uh, mostly because if you remember any of that, which seems to have gone away, um, there were a lot of people doing some very strange and dangerous things, um, including, I believe, a few people lost their life over what they were doing. So let's not go down that road. Let's leave that one off to the side and stick with carpe diem. Live for today. Such a short and simply constructed sentence. A recommendation, a command, a, a suggestion, a mantra. And we know how to do it. Colossians tells us ways we can do it. Jesus has told us many ways throughout the Gospels on how we can do it. It all comes back to love and really, in a way, to trust. I feel that it's easier to live for today when we fully trust God to see us through tomorrow and the future, whatever those might look like for each of us. When we feel secure in our relationship with God, our human nature starts to ease up a little bit and allows us to focus more on the here and the now. And I would argue that part of loving God is also trusting God. And I also acknowledge that this too, can be challenging. Trusting anyone can be challenging. We all know too many stories. We all carry too many experiences of what happens when we trust the wrong person or someone betrays our trust. And those are people right in front of us in our very lives. While we claim that God is everywhere, we aren't often afforded the opportunity to have a person-to-person -person sit down in a physical sense and have a conversation with God. Our trust in God has to come from faith and love. Live for today. It sounds like a really great New Year's resolution to me. Live for today. Love each other. Be patient with each other. Show compassion and kindness to each other. And also, love yourselves. Be patient with yourselves. Show compassion and kindness to yourselves. Because remember, each of us are God's children. We are called to love one another. And to be able to do that fully and authentically, we have to love ourselves, too. Live for today. Live for each other. Live for yourselves. Live for God. Live for love. Amen. If you would please rise as you are able and join me in our closing uh, praise song, Shout to the Lord. And am I remembering we could do this twice, right? We're doing it twice, okay. <clears throat>
Servants of God, do not judge others and do not let the judgment of others overcome you. Trust in the one judge alone, Jesus Christ, who knows and loves us fully. Live faithfully for him today and always. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. And do not worry about tomorrow. Today, seek God's kingdom and God's righteousness on which all else depends. May the nurturing love of God enfold you, the mercy of Jesus Christ uphold you, and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit enlighten you, so that you may be lifted up in hope now and forever. Amen. You know the song. 